Welcome to the Road to Reinvention podcast. I'm your host, Sherelle Dorsey, tech founder, author, speaker, and networking connoisseur. After several successful businesses and what many would consider a life well-lived, I found myself struggling after earning all of my gold stars to answer the simple question of what's next. Once you've done everything you said you would do and then some, do you create just another goal? Do you hang it up? Do you pivot and show up in a new space? Do you do something you're passionate about and damn proud of? Or do you once and for all decide to put that kind of energy into your personal life and put the work aside? I don't know yet, but I have tons of friends and colleagues and people I admire that have tracked this same journey who will be joining us this season to bear it all. How they answer the question that left them puzzled after earning the highest of highs. Join me in tuning in to hear from those who learn to navigate their own road to reinvention. Welcome to another episode of The Road to Reinvention. Today, I'm so excited to welcome Angelina Darasal to the conversation. She's the founder and CEO of C-Suite Coach, a nationally acclaimed firm that specializes in professional development and coaching programs for working professionals and small business leaders. Angelina was named in both Forbes Next 100 and Black Enterprise 40 Under 40. Her work has reached thousands of diverse professionals across the U.S., and has earned her features in the New York Times, Fast Company, and more. Angelina also supports small businesses as a mentor through General Assembly's inaugural mentoring program and was featured in ad campaigns as a My Black and Beautiful and Pantene brand ambassador. Has also hosted workshops designed to support the self-esteem of women and girls across the country. Angelina has also presented at leading conferences, including the 2016 Democratic National Convention, has been a keynote speaker at Princeton, Brown, Davidson College, and more, and is an adjunct professor at NYU. Please welcome the incredible, also a personal friend of mine, Angelina Darasaw. Angelina, thanks so much for joining me. You're so impressive. <laughs> it's always weird hearing your bio read. It's always weird to sit Cheryl. there and be like, I know, I'm so great. I don't, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I love that. Thank you for having yes, me. Yes, thank you. Let's dive into the discussion. So when I decided to focus on reinvention as a theme of this podcast, I immediately thought of you. I feel like we started to know each other digitally mm -hmm. um, or virtually and then eventually met. And then we both ended up in Miami at the same time and kind of both like reclaiming or catching our breath mm -hmm. with like major life transitions. Yeah. And you've had such a stunning career um, overall, lots of different lives. But what has been so incredible to watch and inspirational watch is like work aside, you have fundamentally invested in your joy and your happiness and what that looks like for you. And so I want you to walk me through that journey of like, how did Angelina get to that place, that level of transformation? Oh, uh, I'd say the first thing is I'm still getting to that place. And when you use the word reinvention, it's a season right now where even right now we're focused with some of our clients who've had layoffs on mm -hmm. trainings and materials and resources to support as folks are thinking about their own reinvention, whether they've already left and we're supporting or supporting folks that are that are left inside. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, reinvention, when I think about that word, I think about transferable skills and developing a good value system that you can take with you. Uh, so that's always been a part of it. And I will say that journey never stops for me. 
I have definitely had a couple of reinventions yeah. <laughs> over and over again. Um, I started my career in media doing corporate strategy and digital business development mm -hmm. and transitioned into a coaching consultancy. And even in that consultancy and the services we've offered, there's been a lot of reinventions. Personally, uh, I continue to just reinvent boundaries that help me create a meaningful life mm -hmm. um, and create a life that I am finding joy and I'm finding time yeah. for it. So I just keep looking at what do I need in this season? Mm -hmm. And I would say be committed to constantly opening yourself up to pivots and reinvention so that uh, you can roll with the punches of yeah. life. Yeah. You said you had several points of reinvention and one of those helped you to start thinking about like, what do boundaries look like? Mm -hmm. And a lot of us, I think we, we hear that word all the time, right? Like we're starting to learn all these like psychology and therapy terms right mm -hmm. now that kind of like float around, but like we hear the words, but we don't necessarily know what does implementation look like? What were some of the boundaries that you had to define to help give yourself the space to live your best life or to yeah. pursue the things that you wanted to pursue? A lot, uh, a lot. <laughs> so where do I start? I, I guess it's easiest for me to think about what are the current priorities right now when it comes to boundaries. And in every season, you just need different things. So I think about, for example, transitioning from corporate to entrepreneurship. It wasn't that I no longer needed my corporate friends, but I realized that there was there were ways they couldn't support mm -hmm. that journey that I was currently in. And then going from an entrepreneur solopreneur team of one to then a team of nine to now a team of 40 plus oh, wow. there's still just different things that I need in terms of how accessible I am to my team maybe the the texting all day with different members that worked when I had three people doesn't work now as we're scaling and so that's one thing that I think about often um, I even think about just growing up into my womanhood and conversations mm. with friends around personal things that maybe there was a lot more transparency when we were younger, but as I have more life experience, recognizing that every voice you allow into your space, into your into your head, uh, ultimately becomes a filter in which you see things, right? So just being really mindful about what are those things I allow into my space and what are the filters in which I'll see information is really important. So mm. I'm very protective over who I seek advice, guidance from, yeah. um, who I have those deep conversations with because it, it, it just matters so much in terms of your outlook. And uh, I'm very intentional about that now. Yeah. And I love to you. You have a multi-coastal life that you yeah. live. <laughs> and like how much has even just switching up your geography help to create mm -hmm. some of that transformation and a lot of that openness and change that has happened and taken place for you? Yeah, so it's so funny because I get the question all the time, like, where are you based? Where do you actually live? And everywhere, nowhere. <laughs> everywhere, nowhere, on a plane, on a yeah. plane, right? In the window seat right. of Delta, <laughs> any window seat in Delta. Uh, and there, there are definitely elements that are really freeing about that. It's nice to not be tied to one routine. And there is something that as an entrepreneur, for a long time, I didn't consider myself a creative because mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time 
in spreadsheets. I spend a lot of time doing analytical things, but I realize that I am a creative just by the nature of the fact that I've created a business. I've mm -hmm. created something. And so I've had to shift that in my mind. That's one reinvention right there. Um, I feel like this could be a game, like ping for ping, every reinvention. You get a reinvention. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so that's one thing. And I realized that to keep things fresh, I also need to, there were so many points in my business where I was so drained and so burned out that it felt like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Mm -hmm. And in order to keep myself fresh, to keep life enjoyable for me, mm -hmm. I had to make room and space for things I enjoyed. So, uh, I would say it really started when I had clients that required a lot of travel and I realized I wasn't in the same city uh, more than a couple of days a month, mm -hmm. not even a week a month. And this is pre like having a full fledged team, right? So this yeah, is all this you. Is, this is, well, at that point we had eight contractors and one full-time employee. So I think I'm thinking back to 2019. That's when that, I would think that was my first diamond Delta year, right? Like where I was nice. really going. And that means you know that you are really on the road <laughs> when really you hit that diamond status. that high status <laughs> on the airlines. Um, and so when the pandemic hit and I realized that I wasn't going to be necessarily traveling as much as I used to, it was kind of like, why am I paying for this expensive apartment in New York that I'm never here? New York had become a different space. Mm -hmm. I work primarily from my computer. I was also living in an apartment that I had previously shared with an ex-husband. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I need to shake things up for myself and find a new space, try to break out of my comfort zone. I had lived in New York my whole life and try something different. So I spontaneously moved to Miami. How that all happened was I kept saying, well, where else could I live? I could mm -hmm. live in my Miami or I could live in LA. Those were the two cities that I really enjoyed from visiting. And I just put it in the universe. I was actually, I had missed a train and I was headed to meet my mom and her friend. Because I missed a train, my mom couldn't pick me up. Her friend picks me up. And she's like, what's new in your life? And I had nothing new, but I said, let me just, I'm putting in, <laughs> I'm putting it into the universe. I'm like, well, I think I'm moving to Miami. And she's like, what? And so from that conversation, this is a crazy, um, when you put things into the universe, the universe speaks back to you. She said, where are you going to stay? I said, well, I haven't figured that out yet. And she said she had a friend who had an open apartment uh, that they weren't using because of the pandemic. And she said, let me find out pricing while we're sitting at dinner we end up finding out they're willing to rent to me and we align on pricing. So that within the day yeah. of me making that declaration, I found a spot. It all came together. It all came did together. Did you like go home and pack your bags and be like, it's, it's a wrap? <laughs> like how long did it take between like that moment happening and then you getting on the plane and like my life is about to be different for this so it's time, a the time month. period? Okay. It took a month only because I was locked into a lease. Okay. So that weekend was the time where I was supposed to get back to my landlord. Like, am I going to extend this New York City lease that mm -hmm. I don't really care for? I'm not really enjoying. So it did take about a month because I had to tell them, no, I'm not leaving. And then I had to pack up a couple years of stuff, figure right. out what I was going to do with it. And then I ended up going to Miami with just my dog and a couple of suitcases. And that was also a really great experience to recognize all the things that I thought I needed to have on me and around me. Right. You have to be real minimalist. Need. Yeah. I remember that because I remember us doing like a, a co-working session and you were like, I haven't bought anything since like October. And I was like, 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel great when I am only, even now when I see things, I make myself wait before I purchase it, mm. right? I don't do impulse because I really want to make sure that everything in my space, everything I'm bringing into my life does have a layer of intention. Mm -hmm. um, I also really got into watching documentaries about minimalism. I think leaving or living in other people's spaces, Airbnbs for a couple, two years, I did it for two years, mm -hmm. uh, made me think, I don't want to keep packing up all this stuff. I'll, I'll do little things to okay. make it my space, like an affirmation to put on the wall or nice candles that I really like. But for the most part, I try to keep it really small and, and make sure it, there's just enough room for me and Rock. <laughs> and that's my dog. And um, I'm able to not have a whole lot of baggage with mm -hmm. me. Yeah, well, literally, literally and figuratively, as I can imagine. So you leave New York, New York, this comfort zone, also leaving a, a relationship yeah. physically and now welcoming a new space, a completely new environment, still running your business. So I can imagine like figuring that part out, especially amid a pandemic. How did you hyper-focus on yourself and your self-care and what you needed during that time? Because it also seemed as though that sunshine, that, that water, that like, ongoing fun and excitement with like friends and reconnecting and discovering like that next version of Angelina was like at the forefront. Yeah. But what was that, what was that journey like for you? Like as you lived it? Oh, I would say it begins um, or it began for me with a lot of self-acceptance. I feel that uh, for a long time I did pageants. I also was a Pantene model. I've done creative, other creative things that would project confidence. Mm -hmm. And in some ways I had a lot of that, but in other ways I had a lot of imposter syndrome mm -hmm. or whatever the current lingo is for that these days. And I felt that I had a hard time showing up fully as me because I thought that because I had done pageants and in a lot of cases look very pageanty, that I wouldn't be taken seriously in mm -hmm. work. And so I put all these pressures on myself to show up a very corporate way. So here I am, I break out of corporate America. Only to be like, only to I'm put, still corporate. <laughs> which so many black women do, right? Because mm -hmm. these spaces aren't designed for us and we are, we're covering who we are, we're code switching, we're living in a shell. I break out mm -hmm. and then create my own shell, which is foolish, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think, when I got to the place, and, and I get where that came from, the first three years in business were really hard. I had credit card debt. I had all these dreams that I thought would happen immediately that didn't. And it was, it played a lot on my own confidence. And I think a lot of business owners go through that. And so when it got to the place where I started to make the deals that I wanted to, I I got to a place where I owned who I was more, which I should have been doing all along. And that would be, yeah. it's easier said than done, but that would be my advice to any growing entrepreneurs. Before you have the big deal, you're still who you are yeah. and you should own that. But I just say that to say, uh, once I got to that space of accepting who I was more, I realized it's okay for me to show up in the cute dress. It's okay for me to show up in a full face of makeup with my hair. I'm still intelligent and I'm still the person that has a six year, six years worth of contracts with fortune 100 companies. I'm still the person that is running this business and mm -hmm. I can be all of me. And I think coming to Miami 
which is such a different environment than New York, actually helped me release some of that chip on my shoulder that I had to always be in a pinstripe suit or, you know, and I couldn't hang out on the yacht in my bikini, which also makes me happy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what I'm really enjoying right now as I enter all these spaces with powerful black women is I'm seeing so much more of that where we're owning and embracing how multifaceted we are and how beautiful we are. And showing that to the world very publicly, because I think to your, to your point about like re-corporatizing, I love what you said. I like, I got out of the shell just to get back into a shell. My own. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess like at what, at what point did you All of the above. It was a combination. Definitely having mentors, either ones that I have personal relationships with, like a Valicia Butterfield, uh, who shows up very fully as who she is and still is very comfortable in her accomplishments and taken very seriously in business. Or, you know, ones that I watch from afar, like a Bozema St. John, who shows up very fully in, in her skin as well. I think seeing more examples of it helps me feel more comfortable, which is why I think that there's lots of downsides to social media, but one of the upsides is you get to see, we're all just full people. We're executives and, 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 right? So we're able to have ands attached to us. I also do think, you know, coming out of a long relationship and trying to explore as a, had been with my previous person for eight years, what what is now who is this new version of me right and you know maybe wants to go on a date and pinstripe suit is not it for a date so like you know that also took some time to explore what that looked like for me um i also think to your point having a team of my own self-development resources. So I've had the same executive coach for almost 10 years. We take breaks and I just feel like our work, sometimes you outgrow a coach and that's fine. We've grown together and the work continues to, to grow. That's helped me get more confident in myself. And then of course, a really good therapist. So my therapist, my coach, both black women, have a ton of black women mentors and close friends. My peers, we mentor each other as well. So all of that helps. And in all these places as well, and you know, you are touching so many, and you've named them as well, so many incredible professional women in this space. You're coaching them, you're helping them within their leadership capacity. What kind of themes are you starting to recognize? What kind of shifts are you starting to recognize, whether it's with your clients or what your coaching team even has said about your clients? Because I feel like there's this journey that you've been on independently, but I can imagine that, and I think you alluded to this earlier, so many of us in these leadership roles and in business are also kind of having these reinventions and transformations. Um, but what things are you starting to notice with your clients? Yeah, oh, there's so many. Uh, we have so many programs that touch really different verticals. So when I think about working professionals, I'll start with there and ex- some of the executives. Uh, you know, folks right now are seeking how to be good leaders. That's definitely a theme. We're in a space now where 
uh, I've seen some folks maybe have been traumatized from having a bad boss in the past, but coming up, figuring out how do I give that constructive feedback so my team actually grows? How do I delegate? Uh, how do what does in this post pandemic world when we used to use terms like bring your full self to work or cultural fit and cultural ad? What does all of that mean for workplaces now? Uh, what does it mean in these hybrid workspaces? How is community being built? How do we actually support each other as when before there was such a separation, you physically came into work, right? And so it's like you're getting dressed, you're leaving your space and going into this other space and that creates a distance. Well, now work is in your household in some cases. So your dog or your, might be barking in the background, your baby might be crying, your roommate might be walking by or your setup, you know, all of those things. It's now infiltrated your, your life in a different way. So how do we create community? And also what does it mean for us showing up? Um, so we're seeing that a lot as some common themes. I would say for uh, the small business vertical where we support small business owners and founders, Unfortunately, the same themes pre-pandemic and long before that continue to come up, which is black businesses are underfunded. Uh, we're not given the same amount of opportunities. We need more intention from big companies for true supplier diversity and meeting business owners where they are and just a need for more resources. So across the board, um, you know, I think we're all just looking for more and realizing we deserve more. So many themes there, I think, from the founder to the leader to the manager to dealing with the new normal that we're all still trying to define and try to figure out like what our support resources look like, what does coaching look like for us. For those folks who are listening or who are watching, I want to I want you to share your definition of reinvention, mm. but also I think expand for those who are trying to figure out like that blend, that that joy, that showing up fully mm. um, and how they can, I don't want to say like acqu acquire it. It sounds like a really strange word, but um, more so like live in that truth of this is fully who I am and like I'm going to be unapologetic to, yeah. to get there. So I'll start with the first. My definition of reinvention would be fully embracing that you don't belong in a box. None of mm. us do. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, and I'll probably butcher it, but it's definitely the Chimamanda quote about the danger of a single story. Mm -hmm. And uh, what often happens is when we think of even just ourselves as a singular story, we're, we're limiting ourselves. We're boxing yeah. ourselves in. So I think to have a life of reinvention, uh, you know Sherelle well. <laughs> like try not to get choked up, but my <laughs> great grandmother uh, recently passed away. She was 101 years mm -hmm. old and many of the folks in my family live very long lives. I have uh, many elders in my family who are in their 90s. When you think about how long life is, to think that you could only live in one box yeah. for a century. Like if America was like that, I wouldn't want to, we need reinvention constantly <laughs> right, in this constantly. country. Like reinvent, reinvent right now. Um, <laughs> so when I think about that, I think we don't always see that, right? We give ourselves a lot of guilt when we pivot or when we feel like a chapter should be closed. We make ourselves feel guilty about that. And instead we need to be embracing the fact that this should be a consistent part of our lives. We're yeah. allowed, even if you started something, you're allowed mm -hmm. to close the door on that chapter. Um, so I would say that is how I would define reinvention as just embracing 
that you're allowed to pivot. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just in terms of how do I find joy through it all? uh, That's also a journey, you know, when I'm still actively going through and it really is just about self-acceptance and then finding spaces that affirm that you can deserve to, to change and to grow. And that version of you that was even here just a year ago is that version of you. And yeah. this is a new version of you. And it's okay. It's okay if you made mistakes. It's okay if things didn't work out the way they wanted. But let's not hold on to that because there's so much ahead, right? There's more than that one story, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. So I want to know, like, C-suite coach, another geographic move, you know, back to New York, a lot of time in LA, which was like one of the key cities that you had pointed out as a potential move. Um, What does that next iteration, that next reinvention look like for you? Oh, for me, it is the two themes for our company this year are tech and talent. Mm -hmm. And we were able to bring on Marcel Fowler as our chief coaching officer last year in June. I can't believe it's it'll be almost a year pretty wow. soon. And the impact that she's had has been enormous. She's continued to vet a really great group of highly credentialed coaches that are expanding our work. We're showing up in big conferences and big places. We've gotten more coaching deals done this year already. Um, so continuing to grow that and sharpening our talent pool and then also looking at what our tech play looks like because there is just increasingly a move to automation and finding services that are more scalable. So that's something we've been exploring. And I would say for me personally, it's my own creativity, right? So tapping in, I've been writing more. I took some writing classes when I was in LA. I got you. Yeah, I love that for me. (laughs) I love it for you. (laughs) So it's like tapping into my full person, um, which is really needed. And I think positions me to be the best leader for my team right now. I love that. Lena, I'm so grateful for you. Um, thank you. Thank you not just for joining the podcast, but, but for being such a living example of that change in that story. And then also being willing to share your grandmother's story. Like it has been such an honor to even just watch you honor her in her life. Thank and you. Um, and I, I got a chance to also watch you spend that time you know, going, you know, to, I believe Orlando or close, close by to go, yeah, yeah, to go and visit and, um, and how much that part of honoring your mom and honoring the women in your family has played in, in your, your work and kind of how you show up. So thank you so much. Such a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the road to reinvention. If you find yourself moved or feeling free after tuning in, Make sure to leave a review on your favorite listening platform and share this with someone you know who may be navigating a similar journey. You do not have to do this alone. To hang out with me more, head over to join our Fluency newsletter at ShereldDorsey.com. Until next episode, may you embrace your need to recreate, revitalize, and reinvent yourself over and over.